0: Okay, so start us off with five, four, three, two, one.
1: Five, four, three, two, one.
0: In the times of brick phones, tamagotchis and curtain bangs, the 90s kids cried out for a badass. She was Xena, the warrior princess, the kicks, the moves, the nostalgia, the queerness. Xena made us gay. Okay, uh, so again, I'm Alice. Hi everyone, I'm Chris. And uh, you're listening to Xena Made Me Gay. And today we have episode four cradle of hope. But before we jump into episode four, I wanted to discuss some mildly heavy stuff with you.
1: (laughs) Mildly heavy is
0: uh, my favorite kind of topic. (laughs) Sure. So I'll go for it. So um, it all started with me scrolling through tiktok because i'm one of those uh, 37 year olds and uh, there was a tiktok of two lesbian gals just listing the things that made them realize they're gay very much close to our format and since they were i would say maybe closer to your age Zena was one of them <laughs> Aww, I mean, that surprises no one. But what I wanted to discuss is that it's a very, like, not very popular, but, like, very convenient phrase to discuss, like, oh, this made me gay or this made me gay. And it weirdly corresponds to, like, this whole shebang that is going on in um, a country we used to live in about gay propaganda, right, about, like, certain things being able to alter your sexuality and i mean not to say that like this topic is completely ridiculous but it's interesting that there are certain things that of course they do not alter your sexuality but they help you realize certain things about yourself and just i don't know i I want to uh know your thoughts about where where you stand on those sort of things
1: yeah to be honest sometimes i feel like uh conservatives have a slightly better understanding of social processes than than liberals do conservatives conservatives do tend to phrase things in a, in a very extreme way which is not necessarily how how things are in reality but still they sometimes put their finger on something that i think liberals are afraid of talking about or Mm -hmm. or mentioning and of course conservatives tend to be uh hateful and horrible when they talk about these things but still the the level of understanding i feel like is sometimes uh more aligned with how i tend to think about things uh let me give you an example Mm -hmm. with the with the gay stuff conservatives sometimes say that oh gay people want to destroy what what we understand as family
0: and i'm like i mean kind of yeah (laughs) because it needs to be destroyed it's a horrible concept (laughs) yeah yeah
1: your your understanding of, of what family is and how it functions and what roles are acceptable in in what you call a family that fucking sucks. We do want to destroy that, and liberals would never say that. Liberals are like, oh no, no, we the, the, the gays, they just want to be like part of that system. Everything is great. We'll just like just make like a little more space for for them, and 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 then it'll, it'll be great. It's like, no, no, that's no, that's not enough. I I don't want you to just like carve out a little niche. Uh, for me so that I can just like follow all of your stupid traditions and uh, mold myself into into something that I have no interest in. I would like to, yes, break things. It's because your things suck and uh, we want to do things differently. And it, sometimes conservatives uh, just have a better understanding of like, yes, this is, this is what is at stake. And now we're going to, uh, you know, destroy people's lives to prevent that from happening. Whereas the liberals, I I would say actually like the liberals are the conservative ones because they're like, oh, no, no, let's, let's keep everything exactly the same Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and, and, uh, we, we can imagine a world where. Everything stays exactly the same. we just like
0: make a little more space for you here and there. Just like a little bit, just like shift things like one centimeter a little bit.
1: (laughs) I remember back when same sex marriage got uh, legalized in the UK, it was legalized by the Tories and Mm -hmm. David Cameron specifically said like, yes, we're legalizing same sex marriage because it's a conservative thing to do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I remember at that time being like, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I I I I didn't think of it that way, but actually now that you say it out loud, which I think most of the people don't, they're like, "Oh, look at this amazing progress! Same (laughs) sex marriage." Um, no, it's 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 a like it is good. We want same sex marriage. Don't 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 get me twisted. Like yes, give us that, but uh, it is like a way to conserve the institution of marriage by just like opening it up a little bit as opposed to you know looking at it and being like do we want that is that really the best way to do things maybe not maybe
0: not yeah i mean it's it's a little bit of a different field but i feel the same way about we cannot help it by being gay we're just born this way mm-hmm. and born this way argument always rubbed me along the, the wrong way and the best answer to it was I, I once saw on a t-shirt where like i i did not choose to be gay i was just lucky yeah <laughs> Yeah maybe some people are born with this way but I just don't want to even I don't want to even have this discussion yes. because that implies that like oh it's they cannot help it like they would be straight if they could have Yeah yeah like no one would choose that if they could <laughs> Like I would so not choose to be straight oh my god <laughs> No ma'am
1: no ma'am Yeah but I'm I'm 1000% with you like I feel like this whole discussion about like oh but are people born gay? Are they not? How, how are, how does this happen? I'm like, I don't, (laughs) I don't give a shit. I really don't care. And I don't understand why you care. And actually, it makes me kind of suspicious that you
0: care so much.
1: Because like, what's at stake for you? Okay, let's say you find out, what's yeah. your next
0: step? You don't have to explain your heterosexuality to me, so like, why is it the other way around? Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, that was the mildly heavy topic <laughs> that I wanted wanted to raise before jumping into the episode that I was not crazy about. <laughs> yeah, I think, so we, we rated the first three episodes
1: quite highly, and something's telling me that we finally <laughs> will
0: have a lower rating. <laughs> Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. So we jump into the episode, episode four, Cradle of Hope, and we open on a particularly shitty—I mean, theatrical set. Like we see a king, and we see a lady who is supposedly like a Parker who drops the stones. So I, I assume that there are runes, and she has a prophecy for the king.
1: Were there runes in ancient Greece? Isn't aren't runes like a? An scandinavian
0: thing for sure they are but i do remember that they are going to appear multiple times really okay i mean xena is a mixture of cultures yeah (laughs) we start in ancient greece and then we slowly go all over the world yeah already i would
1: say that this this king i get like a medieval vibe from this king
0: it's a thing we've seen a warrior princess show like the richer the people are the more advanced in time (laughs) they are so the woman has a prophecy for the king and we get into like some good old greek tragedy stuff so she says that although the king's son died a few months ago a child born to a servant woman who conveniently dials up childbirth either, is going to someday occupy the throne of that particular king. And that concerns the king tremendously.
1: Yeah, and so when they say it, when the woman says it, everyone's like,
0: oh my god! Da, da,
1: da. And I'm like, oh, okay, so the king is mortal, right? Like one day he he dies and someone will be on the throne instead of him. Like that's... Everyone should agree on on that being an inevitability, but still everyone freaks out because the the king is like a whole ass adult. It's the oldie worldie times. Who knows how long
0: he's gonna live? Yeah, the thing is like the king is like almost forty, so he has like five years left.
1: yeah, the the child is a little infant. so I mean, let's say let's, let's say the child like does want to overthrow him the earliest he can do that in this, like, maybe 15 years. By that time, the king's gonna be dead.
0: (laughs) Chill the fuck out! (laughs) Yeah, the the king's logic in this episode is a separate topic, but, like, we'll give them that. That's, like, a typical uh, Greek prophecy thing where, like, we have someone trying to escape the prophecy, and, of course, it's going to make it that prophecy comes to life for sure so we have the king who is more or less reluctant to kill the child but we also have another character who is the advisor of the king who seems very keen on that idea <laughs> and it also is interesting that king's advisors usually are assholes that's kind of like the role like if there is a king and that advisor King might be more or less okay, and advisors for sure the
1: asshole.
0: <laughs> uh-huh.
1: <laughs> um, there is a, a saying in Russian that the tsar is good and it's the boyars that are that are bad. And maybe that's a, a continuation of that trend. Like we, we can't we can't fully admit that that our our monarch is a piece of shit. So we're gonna just project all the stuff that Is probably also bad about about the the monarch onto his close advisors it's it's them it's not it's not
0: him yeah because they are disposable like we can overthrow like we we can throw away a couple of advisors but the king is going to stay so yeah that that's this uh not really attractive trend so it seems at this point that they are more or less keen to kill the child or at least like i don't know, put it in a tower somewhere later the king is going to be in denial about that but we'll get to it but a servant girl who was i don't know changing the candles or doing something in the throne room overhears the prophecy and decides that she's going to save the child and she takes the child puts him in a basket and floats the child down the river moses style
1: yeah and I think we should take a moment here to appreciate *Prince of Egypt*, uh, that also came out in in the '90s. Of course, I'm sure many many films and and TV shows uh, depicted that uh, that moment, uh, sending a child down down the river in a in a basket. But uh, as a child of the '90s, I immediately thought of of Prince Prince of Egypt, and it's just it has one of the strongest soundtracks. Every time I watch that opening song it sends chills down my spine it, even though like I I don't care about the, the religion stuff it's just it's just really really good
0: yeah it is I, I agree with you that the soundtrack is incredibly powerful and there is the song that Jewish people sing when they leave Egypt every time I hear that song I get choked up yeah. like, I, I never ha- heard this song <laughs> I was not crying at the end of it. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's it's exactly the same with the Deliverus for me, the the opening song.
0: But surprisingly, uh, here, uh, as well as in all other instances where we push the child down the river, <laughs> the child does does not die, although it seems like a very unlikely situation. And Xena uh, is um, attracted by a weird sound that nobody. No neither Zena nor Gabby can figure out what it is. and they go down to the river and they find a baby. But before they find the baby, the detail that actually kills me is that Zena hears a crying baby, which is it's very hard to confuse with anything else. It's a crying baby. and Zena draws out the sword. Yeah, it's like, okay, there's something making a sound that
1: sounds like a baby, but maybe and they they keep guessing like maybe it's a cat. Like even if it's a cat, I don't think you need to draw your sword to <laughs> def- defeat a cat. <laughs> just let the cat do its cat things. And they they keep just not understanding that it's a crying baby. They they go towards the sound. They they stand like maybe a meter away from from the baby, uh, and then Zena looks through the reeds and has to tell Gabrielle oh it's a baby.
0: It's it's a bit confusing. Gabrielle has uh, very confusing notions of like child care because uh, she sees the baby she thinks that the baby's cute I'm like oh Zina can we keep him as if they're going to keep a kitten.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah also given that she assumes that he would be her little brother I don't think is how it's gonna work out girl. <laughs> <laughs> and when they find the baby we we go to the to the intro sequence what i noticed in that sequence was that basically the the chakram has the same issue that our boob dagger has if you if listen to uh, our previous episodes you you know about the boob dagger the problem with the boob dagger and i realized the chakram as well is that if it's sharp which we're led to believe it is it's too sharp to also like catch or grip tightly, which Zena does all the time. But if it's not sharp, it's kind of useless.
0: I would truly believe that Xena is capable of catching really sharp objects. Her hands are hands of steel. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, that's, that's fair. Uh, the way that I explain it to myself is that the Chakram is kind of alive. Because it it goes in all kinds of weird directions, <laughs> it can like decide to go like left, right, top, bottom, around, and it always comes back right to Zena, regardless what it does on the way, like it doesn't get stuck, it doesn't lose any momentum, so I would think maybe the chakra, aside from having like built in g p s yeah. uh, <laughs> It also has, like, sharpness settings that it adjusts literally on the fly.
0: Nice. Well, it is magic, so it's yeah. It's a little bit of a magic flying carpet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there an episode with the origin story of the Chakram? I think it is, right? I don't remember. Somewhere down the line. We'll find out. So we're back to the baby,
1: and I love that Zena is treating this crying baby like a malfunctioning appliance of some sorts, which I find very relatable. Uh, she's like, <laughs> why is he crying? Are you holding him wrong or something? Like, have you tried turning him off and then on again? <laughs> <laughs>
0: but we're back to the king's chambers and he's staring at a mural of his dead wife and i would say i was satisfied with the mural it was more or less like it had this ancient greek feel because i was afraid it's going to be a portrait
1: like an oil painting yeah yeah yeah
0: and the king advisor assures the king that the child will be found Um, and the king is slightly less enthusiastic about killing a newborn he it's not like he's against it he has some minor doubts and that sets him up as a good guy in this episode right right for some reason even though we don't see him do
1: anything particularly good it's very firmly established that's like
0: he's just a good guy yeah as it's, it's, it seems like it's the point that the screenwriters just kind of shoved down our throats that the king is good but we really we don't see him do any good thing or any thing at all he, most of the time he's just dragged in any sort of direction by his evil advisor so yeah he just hangs out (laughs) (laughs) yeah but it's we have to accept it was there anything more important about uh this scene that we should mention no i think not and we are back with gabby and xena and the unnamed infant infant they stroll down the woods and they walk into an angry mob trying to lynch a woman and we don't find out why. So, Zena, of course, interferes. She cuts the rope with the chakram, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And um, she hangs the leader of the bunch by the neck, because they were trying to hang the woman. Mm-hmm. And she asks any volunteers to replace him. So, of course, everyone runs off. The leader runs off. I, I, I enjoyed... Zena kicking some ass mm-hmm. and uh, a woman that Zena saved uh it's very chill about people attacking her and like uh, gabrielle asks if she's okay and she's like yeah i'm fine like it's just another day for yeah. her yeah she's like yeah i guess they tried to, to kill me
1: no no i'm cool i'm cool i'm all right <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'm chill yeah. Uh, The thing that she's not chill about is um, her carrying a ludicrously capacious bag. Uh, Shout out to those who (laughs) watch The Succession. Gabrielle tries to carry this bag on top of carrying the baby. A little butch moment from Gabrielle. Yeah, yeah. Um, And when she kind of handles it in like a wrong way, the woman is very nervous. And... The rain hits suddenly and they are very conveniently find a cave in the woods to shelter from the weather and have a quiet conversation. And I feel that in this show and in a lot of other shows and in my LARPing games, whenever we want to have like a quiet conversation on the road, there's going to be a convenient cave around.
1: Ha <laughs> nice, nice. I didn't know that. Like for, for me, it was
0: just like, oh, yeah, sure. Fine. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's a, it's a plot device, and Gabby ends up dropping the bag in the cave, and the woman freaks out. And
1: then Gabrielle gets like weirdly defensive about it. She's like, "Bitch, I'm just trying to help." <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, okay, but you dropped the bag. Like, what? You did something wrong. Why are you <laughs> being
0: so weirdly defensive?" The humor in this episode does not quite work. No. There's humor in this episode, but we find out that the woman's name is Pandora and the back is actually Pandora's box. Although it's not this Pandora, it's her grandmother who opened the box.
1: They just name all of the the women in the lineage Pandora. Hi, I'm Pandora and this is my daughter Pandora Uh, (laughs) and um, my mother Pandora is back home. (laughs) (laughs) What if it was a son? Maybe they send the, the sons down the river in a basket.
0: And they do not make no. it. <laughs> yeah, so she explains that, as in the myth, all men's desires were released when Pandora opened the box. They, they say desires, but as I remember, there were like also disasters. Yeah, like what
1: what's what's this desires thing It i don't think the the original myth had anything about desires it was like no. plagues and diseases and and yeah that kind of shit but for some reason here it's desire it's like and what does that even mean like all the all the m- know. men's desires were really like and 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 <laughs> like resulting in <laughs> what
0: <laughs> now people <laughs> want things i have a desire for bubble tea and I know where it comes from now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's weird. First I was confused because I read the version of the myth where like, the last thing that flew out of the box was hope. But I guess that, yeah, in the original myth, hope was left. She
1: tries to close the box as, as quickly as possible, but for some reason, um, by the time she closes it, everything else flies out aside from hope.
0: Yeah, now I'm just picking on ancient Greek myths, and that's, <laughs> that's getting us nowhere. But still, it's it's very confusing to me. So, like, the thing that stays in the box is the thing that we have, but the things that fly out of the box is also the things that yeah. we have. So
1: it makes no sense.
0: No, it doesn't. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> and it also doesn't make sense in the episode. Like, they they do change some things, but that's not one of them. And then Pandora is like yeah so this is why they were after me and i'm like what huh that that actually does not explain anything like what okay so you have this box and the box has hope in it therefore they want to kill you that makes sense
0: why it doesn't like if if they were thinking that she's the original pandora who kind of like caused all of those disasters then yes maybe but but she didn't cause disaster, she caused desire. She didn't! <laughs> <It's> desire. <laughs> it
1: just. Yeah, um, it's, it's um, so far. Like, Xena is not the show that you would watch to experience strong moments of logic. But <laughs> even by the show's
0: standards,
1: this is a low point. In terms of making it make sense,
0: yeah, yeah, that's true. Like one one of the lowest points. But I liked in this conversation when Zena had this sneaky psychological move of getting Pandora to hold the baby, so she would let go of the box. She asks Gabrielle for help. Gabriel needs to give the baby to Pandora, and thus Pandora lets go of the box. And we can we can see that that was kind of Zena's. Plan.
1: Yeah, yeah. Xena is doing like sneaky therapy for a Pandora <laughs> for uh, reasons that are unclear, but uh, sure. Let's talk about the box for a moment. Yeah. So the box is like um, maybe the size of like an old uh, chess set, mm-hmm. slightly fatter, maybe. And on top of it, it has, like, a metal fingerprint, like, handprint situation. But I don't understand what the handprint is for. Like, is it a specific hand shape? <laughs> that seems very easy to circumvent. Like, hand shapes are generally very similar <laughs> across across people. They don't tend to have, like, a sneaky six-finger uh, you know that would prevent them from using that is it like some kind of a weird fingerprint does it read like the intricate lines on your hand hand id yeah (laughs) exactly but that wouldn't be the same for the grandma and the granddaughter
0: unless they're clones of each other unless
1: they're close maybe maybe they're clones and that's what (laughs) look okay this explains everything because (laughs) later in the episode um gabby asks Pandora about whether Pandora wants to have kids and Pandora's like, "Oh, this was never an option for me." And I was like, "Why wasn't that an option for you?" And now I understand. She cannot have kids. She can only make clones. Of <laughs> <herself>.
0: <laughs> that's that's logical because someone needs to carry that stupid box around, so she just clones herself and thus this continues yeah okay we solved this episode but in the meantime our plot goes on the evil advisor is leading the search for the baby and he stresses that it's not necessary to find the infant alive i repeat it's not necessary to find the infant alive kill him already um gabby Zina, and pandora are and the unnamed infant are in the inn where they asked to check their weapons so Zena has to put her sword and her chakram um, on a coat hanger I guess yeah yeah it's it's weird that
1: that's like and Zena doesn't have any questions about it she's like oh yeah it's it's one of those it's one of those uh inns where you have to check your check your weapons <laughs> 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 put them on the coat hanger like sure it's like one of those clubs where you have to like uh give away your your cell phone because everyone's a kid yeah um actually (laughs) so you you say that the infant is unnamed but but gabrielle actually does decide that he should be called gabriel because uh
0: she just is a very selfless person gabby and pandora chatting about how cute the kid is gabby uh goes so far in her (laughs) mommy uh, fantasies that she mentions that the child has her nose it's like
1: yeah i don't i don't know what the fuck that is also i'm one of those people that just is unable to see any features in an infant. Like all infants do actually look like clones to me. (laughs) So (laughs) how they can see uh, anything in that nose other than it's a human nose um, is (laughs)
0: unclear to me. But the innkeeper, of course, appears to be a greedy asshole, and he informs the guards that the baby's here. Xena says that she's suspicious, but not enough to leave immediately. And then the evil advisor shows up and utters the greatest line in the episode so far. By the order of King Gregor, this child is under arrest. Yeah, yeah, I like that one. Also, how do they know that this is the correct baby? That's a good question. Do they just arrest all babies? Prince of Egypt style, arrest all babies, and we assume what they're going to do with all babies. So yeah, yeah. Further down the line, we see like we- we'll get to that. we'll see people crazily hunting for this particular baby, and I I don't want to think about the consequences for that particular village.
1: Yeah, yeah. The the village is gonna have some demographic problems in <laughs> in twenty years. Decline, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, that's really dark. Yep. Uh, the bad guys show up to arrest the baby, and Zena then realizes that she's checked her weapons, and uh, so she doesn't have much to use to to fight those those guys with. But she can improvise. She's Zena. Come on. So Zena improvises. Uh, she like hits some people with a with a candlestick. Um, she she puts some alcohol in her mouth and she blows that over the fire thus blowing fire into the face of of the guard that is trying to arrest the child and as a little child pyromaniac i was transfixed by this fire blowing thing i tried to replicate it i tried to like blow some kind of liquids over over candle i i always failed at some point i was like okay, you know what? I don't know how to do this. So I just used uh, perfumes. I would like steal people's perfumes and spray perfumes over open fires (laughs) uh, to to achieve that effect. And I was like, yes, this is the coolest thing. (laughs) But did it work with the perfumes? Yes, yes. It worked really well and it also smelled nice. Wow. (laughs) Just as a side note, I never burned anything down that I wasn't supposed to burn. Down, even though the the ceiling in my in my childhood room
0: was black wow I would not assume that it would work with perfumes that's a, such a nice trick like if you are chased by someone down the street and you have time to take out a lighter in your perfume yeah. you kind of can defend yourself Xena style you you have a flamethrower um so of course she defeats the bad guys off but one of them uh, manages to snag Uh, pandora's box
1: and so i suppose in this episode we have like a double MacGuffin uh with the box and the baby um actually now they think of it a double mcguffin sounds like something you could order at mcdonald's like can i have (laughs) a <laughs> double MacGuffin with fries
0: and extra cheese, <laughs> <laughs> and a plot twist. But yeah, yeah, and like that's one of the reasons why this episode doesn't quite work for me because a lot of it relies on main characters handling yep. the two MacGuffins and handling them with not so much care. I would add. No, we we'll get to that. Not. So Xena applies uh, her interrogation techniques uh, with cutting off the blood flow to the brain to the innkeeper because she saw him tell that the baby's here and the innkeeper spills that King Gregor is looking to kill the child. Which is like, how did she not know that? Um, No, I think she wouldn't. Like right now she's just in an inn and someone randomly tries to kill the baby. So we're back to the evil advisor who reports that everything is bad. We have Xena, the warrior princess, protecting the child. And I wonder, how does he know the name of the show?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, at at this point, and possibly forever, we still don't know why Xena is called the warrior princess, why everyone knows that she's a warrior princess. She just is. It's She has good PR and... Uh... Everyone very <laughs> aware of her brand.
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I can assume that maybe when she was a murderous warlord rummaging through the city, she had her army chant, like, beware of Xena, the warrior princess, or something like that. So everyone remembers it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and the evil advisor suggests that Xena would try to blackmail the king with the child and Pandora's box. Which, again, does not that make make that much sense because he's like zina is an evil murderer of course she would open the box but the thing is if like if we agree that that's how it works if you open the box and the hope is gone it's going to be bad for everyone like it's going to be bad for everyone including the evil advisor so like why are we treating it as a point of blackmail from both sides
1: yeah yeah uh, none of of it makes sense also at some point the the evil advisor points at a map and mentions like oh this is a peasant area and i'm like bitch this is ancient greece isn't basically the whole world at this point a peasant area like as opposed to what like industrial chic
0: (laughs) yeah yeah like it's not it's not an elite part of your kingdom it's like a peasant area so the evil dudes sets a bounty to hunt uh, for the child among the peasants and he's like has a price on the child's head at that point and he intends to trade xena the box for the baby um i guess again I, I don't understand why would that trade happen but okay so we're back with xena and pandora in the camp and a couple of other plot driving conversations happen and I would say that during those conversations, the child behaves like a very well-taught MacGuffin.
1: Yeah, yeah. The The child is only nominally <laughs> alive. Like, it doesn't really show any no. signs of, of life. And then Pandora is sitting there with a complete blank face. And so Zina guesses it's the first time she's ever been without her box. And she's, like, really traumatized and lost without it and i feel like this show is kind of predicting (laughs) smartphone addiction like this is the first time that bob doesn't have his smartphone with him he doesn't know what to do he feels like a part of his body (laughs) is missing
0: (laughs) so pandora is panicking because the plot thickens and there's another element to the box drama because if she does not reset the lock by midnight, the box opens itself. Da-da-da-da. And that's
1: bad because I guess the hope leaves. There's no more hope. I don't know. Yeah, we lose hope for all humanity. So... But that that kind of reminds me of uh, another, another show. And this is kind of an ongoing theme for me uh, at this point of like Xena influencing <laughs> all film and TV made. <laughs> in the in the forthcoming years, um, so what Pandora describes, it's like basically the lost system where in the bunker they had to enter the code every hundred eight minutes, or the world would end. Except that here, like it matters who enters the code, but it's. Uh, I wonder whether the creators of, of Lost have
0: watched this episode of Zena. <laughs> That's a good topic for a film major dissertation, I feel like. Xena influenced the whole movie culture from the 90s up until now. <laughs> and who's to say that she didn't? She might have. She might have. It's a great show. Getting back to the plot of this particular episode, um, Zena meets the king, and when... They were setting up that meeting. I would imagine that Zena would go to the palace alone, and she's she even says like, "Oh, I will meet the king alone." And of course, like she's a badass, she can do it. But no, it's the opposite. The king and his evil advisor meet Zena in an inn, Harun al Rashid style, which is like, why? Like, why would you expose
1: your king to that kind of danger? I don't. I don't know. Um, Also, it seems that uh, Zina is following the Putin uh, guidebook of meeting other countries' leaders because she's um, late to the meeting. But that actually made me wonder, like, how do they know that she's late? Because we're at this point, like, in a moment way, way, way before clocks existed in in any like accurate manner so how do they know that she's late
0: yeah that's a that's a good question maybe they just have a very good biological clock all of them at this point <laughs> sure xena's negotiations with the king are super weird Zena wants to look into the king's eyes and see like if he's a person who would order the child's death but that's not necessary, because he already did. Zena has no information contradicting that. The king says that he knows that Zena is a heartless murderer, and he says that he would do anything to protect his lands against Zena. And if it means the death of him or the death of this child, so be it. That makes no sense. No. Like, what
1: What does killing the child have to do with saving the lands from Zena? Like, it's just, what?
0: Yeah, the negotiations amount to nothing, like, Zena asks, did you bring the box? The evil advisor asks, did you bring the baby? That goes nowhere. Yep, This scene could just be deleted from, from the episode. But back in the camp, uh, Zena... And Gabby talk, and Gabby says that she found a way into the castle because she found a maid, the this maid at the beginning of the episode, who saved the child. So Gabby did a good job, and she again mentions that you fight, I talk. And then Zena says that she looked into Gregor's eyes and she didn't see an evil man. I don't know if she saw a stupid man.
1: Yeah, yeah. Side note, I noticed in that particular scene how much of a height difference there is between Xena and Gabrielle it's not something i've noticed that much before but here it really seems that Xena is this towering warrior goddess and and Gabrielle is just this like little petite yeah Pe- yeah Pe- petite is actually what
0: what she she would have said i think herself and coming back to the conversation with the maid Xena asks the maid like if she could like lead her into the castle she says yeah but not tonight because tonight is this festival where people eat and drink and that then things get really really dark because it appears that during this festival the evil advisor has some girls dancing for him and then he chooses one and Zina immediately assumes like are you one of the dancers and the girl has this grim look of her on her face and like nods it's a, a little casual rape uh, insinuation. Uh, yeah, that, that surprised
1: me. <laughs> it was weird, and I, and then also I don't understand why that means that Zena can't get
0: into the castle that day. No, she cannot get into the castle because it's like a feast. So she is like the girl says that it's going to be a lot of people, and she being not very versed in this sort of thing she says like if it's a lot of people it's bad but i guess that Zena is like oh no a lot of good a lot of people is good we can blend in then gabrielle and pandora hide in plain sight as the villagers rummage through the audience stands looking for the baby
1: yeah like the villagers are really really losing their shit and looking for babies everywhere meanwhile there are these two women straight up carrying the baby (laughs) openly like surely someone would have noticed it's 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 really bizarre
0: the episode tries to kind of like show that the baby is in grave danger and we're supposed to care for it but also the characters themselves are treating the baby really carelessly so i'm like okay i don't know if i should care for this child at this point but anyway like in the next scene which is much more exciting the evil advisors having himself a feast with a belly dancing party
1: yeah yeah also like a side note i i didn't enjoy this this episode uh, for the most part but it has some really really mm-hmm. cute camera work like the camera pans here and there uh, on the at the feast we have a pan through the table with all these lavish dishes um and yeah it, it looks it looks quite good that's uh <laughs> possibly my favorite part about that's
0: possibly one of my favorite scenes in the episode because of course as we would know one of the belly dancers is xena who took the place of the maid and boy does she put on a show
1: yeah yeah it's repeatedly established more in the uh, upcoming episodes not so much so far that xena has many skills Oh, yeah. And I think in many cases, a warrior woman like uh, I think Brienne of Tarth from, from Game of Thrones would not be feminine at all and kind of would struggle with a task of belly dancing for some prick. Um, but because <laughs> it's the 90s, Xena has it all. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, there was a streak of those badass women in the 90s, like Char- Charlie's Angels or Nikita that were also really feminine and could use their feminine power to their advantage but i really enjoy that Zena, in mm-hmm. comparison to most of those women for example is not tiny like charlie's angels and like even like Angeline jolie when she plays lara-, lara croft they're like supermodel proportions so they are really really thin mm-hmm. and it's like a fantasy of like ha oh okay I'm i'm sure they can fight but when you look at them you kind of don't see that and i love that xena like when you look at lucy lawless like you can see a warrior woman um but on top of that she's really sexy and has good moves and can dance to the pricks and then knock them out so i enjoy that <laughs> so the king interrupts the party looks at his advisor like he's his teenage son having (laughs) friends over too late and the evil advisor had pandora's box near him on the table and the king is like okay let let me let me take that and after the king leaves the evil dude looks worried that the king is becoming too much of a party pooper aka has too many moral principles and he basically, like, whispers to one of his men, like, be ready to, I don't know, overthrow the king if need be. Like, there is there is a hint of that.
1: Yeah, and that goes so quickly. It's like, the whole episode, the advisor is like, oh, I must do everything to ensure that the king is not overthrown, including killing newborns. And then
0: all of a sudden it's like, nope, fuck the king. Let's Let's kill the king. <laughs> Yeah, and it's not really a line that gets mm. anywhere because Evil Advisor is dead before he manages to do anything. Like, spoiler alert, he, he gets killed. But like I think it's obvious when a person is repeatedly saying things like, kill the child, the person is going to be killed by the end of the episode. But he says, looking at Zena as a undercover belly dancer, he says that she should be brought to his room. There is a bunch of things that happen in this episode. I'm going to go through them (laughs) fairly quickly (laughs) so we can bitch about it. (laughs) So Gabby tells Pandora that she has a knack of taking care of children. And as we mentioned, Pandora is like, yeah, but I don't want to have kids of my own because reasons. Zena uses her sultry voice to seduce the evil advisor and find out where the king's chambers are. And then she punches him and knocks him out very quickly. Like he's gone immediately. I'm like, yep, yeah, sure cool. yeah, it was it was very satisfying. So mm-hmm. the king is in his chamber pining for his child and suffering and i guess that's what makes him a good guy i guess Zena also i thought that she's going to talk to him but she just knocks him out and gets the box um, then a bunch of really silly things happen because Zena is running through the city carrying the box like a literal ticking time bomb At the very last second, when a digital clock on the box—I'm kidding. There is no digital (laughs) (laughs) clock, but like almost is, almost runs out. Like with like zero 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 point one seconds, Pandora resets the clock.
1: Yeah, like everything happens in (laughs) slow mo at that point, which is horrible. And I'm
0: like, why is everything in slow mo? What is happening? Oh God. Uh, Um. So, like, crisis averted, right? Like, they reset the clock, they could go, but no. Zena mm. decides, what the heck, I'll give the baby to the king who wanted to kill him in the first place.
1: Yeah, she... Xena's mission is this in this episode seems to be, like, weird, unconsensual therapizing yeah. of random people that she runs into by means of giving them babies... <laughs> so she she sees pandora and she's like you know what this what this person needs <laughs> a baby here's your baby therapy successful she, then she sees the king and she's like you know what this king needs <laughs> a baby <laughs> and she gives that king a baby and solves all of his problems that way uh, yeah did anyone ask for this nope but xena's like you
0: know exactly what you need <laughs> that seems to be the case so Zena talks to the king and she interprets the prophecy for him as we interpreted at the very beginning because it's not that hard <laughs> <laughs> you can just adopt the child and he'll take over your throne as an heir not as a conqueror and then the king goes i was so blind the evil advisor of course comes in and he draws the sword because he's like no we still need to kill the kid and instead of doing the logical thing of giving the king the kid to hold safely because the king already realized that oh my god i'm a good guy the screenwriters wanted it all along and then just kill the evil advisor because you're xena and you can take this dude Zena says no and just storms off with a baby with a baby because the baby is going to be much safer in the square where first of all all the villagers are hunt- bounty hunting for him and second of all of course a bunch of guards are trying to kill him so then happens the most nerve-wracking fight scene so far because zina is fighting off the guards and zina and gabrielle are throwing the baby to each other like a ping pong ball <laughs> More like a more like an American football. Here catch. No, you catch. Yeah. And Gabriel at some point throws the baby in a random direction and closes her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's it's a choice, this scene.
1: Oh my god, yeah. But in the end, everyone's defeated. Xena kills the the evil advisor,
0: and everyone cheers. Like everyone chill, cheers as if they're not the same people who are just rummaging through the audience stand to find a baby to kill it for the thousand dinaris.
1: It's so weird. Also, it's like extremely bad extra acting. <laughs> yeah, like, like
0: yay! Like the extras are being like, <laughs> woohoo! Like party! <laughs> uh so we have our closure to the like for the king gregor and pandora who come into some weird arranged marriage co-parenting thing because he's like oh this kid needs a mother and you can like safely keep your pandora's box in my palace and we're just going to live here and raise the kid
1: yeah which i mean like I like that they do this. I, I will I will give them that for for this episode because I feel like it's quite a random thing. you don't you don't see that a lot in like films and and uh, TV shows where two people who are not in a relationship, uh, not like in a sexual or romantic relationship just decide to raise a kid together because it's just the most logical solution
0: and i like Zena being like sneakily progressive <laughs> there <laughs> yeah well yeah i i agree here i'll give them that and uh, they ask Zena if she wants anything for saving everybody and she says well name the kid gabriel that's kind of sweet i guess and then we come to the last and incredibly stupid Scene because Zena is casually walking in the room, which seems to be the king's treasury because there are a lot of gold and pearls and jewels just thrown in there. And Gabby is casually standing among those gold necklaces and pearls and staring at the box because she's tempted to open it again. And they have this little conversation, and they're like, "Are you, are you ready to go? Ready to go?" They turn and Gabby casually drops the box. The box flies open, and of course, there's nothing in it.
1: But also, like, what were they expecting to see? Like, how do they know that it's empty? You can't see it. So what if it flew open and and now Hope is out? Ah, panic, panic! But but they don't see it, and they're like, ha not real oh the box was open and we didn't see hope in the box or like flying out of the box in some weird shape and thus there it was empty and i'm like that's hi are you sure that's how it works like what makes you so certain yeah
0: yeah like there were no special effects aka that means that hope is not in the box and then they have like this um, pseudo-philosophical conversation of like oh pandora was the one who was carrying hope inside her like
1: oh, <sighs> because hope is like inside every one of us what no makes no sense and also poor pandora
0: um, yeah yeah and they're like oh should we tell her and she's like yeah of course we tell her we don't make her <laughs> <laughs> reset the box because Gabby was like let's just like put everything in its place and just have her and possibly her daughters or clones reset the box (laughs) till the end of time (laughs) Zina's like nah oh Uh, okay so we come to the question (laughs) how many chakrams do you give this episode? I'm hesitating between two
1: and three. (laughs) Honestly, it's, it's a bad one. It's, they really didn't put much into this episode. Uh, Let's go to, I'm like trying to find things to justify giving it a three,
0: but they're just not there. It's a two. (laughs) 2 out of 10. It's a 2 only because I remember that further down the line there are going to be episodes centered around Joxer that are going to be worse. <laughs> 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 but only for that reason it's a 2 and not a 0. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah.
1: I think this will be very interesting for me because I I watched the show at an age where Joxer was like, my shit. Really? (laughs) Like, I mean, Joxer is a perfect character for like, a dumb (laughs) seven-year-old. You know, he's stupid, he sings little songs, (laughs) he does this like, oh, I'm bad at everything thing that kids find really entertaining for whatever reason. (laughs) So, I, but like, my memories of Joxer are just, like, me having the best time. Um, and now I'm going <laughs> to rewatch it as an
0: adult and be like, uh... It's interesting, because I, I have <laughs> the same sentiment about Joxer, but the opposite. Because I was a teenager, and a lot of things annoyed me. And Joxer annoyed me yep. just... To no end, but maybe now I can appreciate him more as, I don't know, a character with growth or whatever. Let's let's see when we get to him.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool.
0: Um, and that's it for episode four, Cradle of Hope.
1: Let's let's hope it's uh, uphill from here until we meet Joxer. As always, thanks for listening. And we'll you soon to discuss episode 5. Yay! Thank you. Bye. Bye.